Hey everyone, it is Lisa from the Goofy Blonde Plant-Based Podcast. Today is a special extra episode of the podcast, and it's an extra special guest as well. I really hope you enjoy this, and we'll talk to you later. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Goofy Blonde Plant-Based Podcast. My guest today is my dear friend of almost 30 years, which is kind of hard to believe, Tony Harnell. Tony has been hailed as one of the best voices in rock. He's known for his work with the Norwegian band TNT, but he's done some really amazing solo and supergroup projects as well. Notably, Starbreaker, Tony Harnell and the Mercury Train, Morningwood, Westworld, and Tony Harnell and Wildflowers featuring Bumblefoot. He has a brand new project that I am super excited about. Um, and although we're pre-recording this, it's being posted on release day, so we have to suspend disbelief for just a second. <laughs> Save Me From <laughs> Loving You by Echo Bats. Now, I've coined uh, a new genre, um, so forgive me for this. I call it Bop Noir. <laughs> It's a fun, <laughs> happy, summery melody with lyrics that maybe aren't so much light and happy, but I don't want to give too much away. Please welcome, joining me from across the pond, Tony Harnell. Hello, my friend. Hello. Woo-hoo. Woo. That, was, that was really wonderful. What was that? Uh, what was the genre again? Bop noir. I love it. I love it. That's I think really that's a good, good. one. I like it. I'm gonna yeah, call it I think that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I love it. Good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I'm super stoked about this single. So, yeah. Yeah, um, you, you, you heard it during its inception. I did. I did. Um, but today, technically, when this is, podcast is airing, is release day. And I was fortunate enough to hear it. Uh, and now that, it's, it, now that it's fully done, wow, I am just blown away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how this came to be. You know, it's just one of those things. Um, uh, the, the guys involved are people I've known over the years for varying lengths of time. Uh, James Lomenzo, the bass player, um, I've known... Gosh, I want to say till since since about 1982, uh, maybe 82 or 83, um, and uh, even before he was in his first um, major project, which was White Lion. Um, and I watched him. I remember when he joined the band because they were actually around before he was in the band, and then he joined. And I was my local hangout in New York was the famous club Lamore. Oh yeah, and. Um, and he and I met, you know, and it's funny because I'm sure there's a story there and maybe his memory is better than mine, but I don't actually remember how, how we met exactly, but we were very good friends. We stayed over at each other's, uh, I was over at his place, uh, his parents' place, and, and we wrote, I wrote my very first song with him, actually. Um, and uh, so he's, so obviously he and I go way back. And uh, so that was fun that we finally got to do something you know, cool together after all these years. He, yeah. he then went on after, after White Lion, he went on to, uh, to Megadeth. Um, he's played with Zach Wilde. Now he plays bass with John Fogarty. And, uh, 
And of course, uh, Joel Hoxtra, who I wrote the song with, um, he and I go back a few years as well. And he, uh, yeah. he and I met when he was, he and I met when he was um, in the Rock of Ages cast on Broadway. That's and, right. Yeah. And then he went on, he was also, I believe at the same time that I met him, he was also in Night Ranger. And then, um, and also Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which I don't remember the order of, of when he was in what, but then he left Night Ranger to join Whitesnake. So now he's, um, and he also plays guitar for Cher. So he's a pretty busy guy, um, touring constantly. So, uh, so it goes, and then Matt Starr on drums, who plays with Mr. Big and Ace Freely and also has a pretty impressive uh, um, background. But he and I, I think, were the ones that discussed it first, which is weird because Matt and I, out of the other two guys, knew each other the least. And uh, we just started talking about it. And I, I think we just both started, you know, kind of pulling the other guys in. And uh, it, it became, you know, this this thing. And I started getting some songs from everybody. And uh, last year, I just pulled up one of the tracks. Um, and uh, I had moved. And so it was a bit, a bit delayed getting to it. But I finally pulled up some tracks. And I jumped on this one and recorded it, wrote it and recorded, uh, recorded it. And it came out. Everyone loved it. So at, we were continuing and thinking, okay, what are we going to do? Maybe we're going to, you know, record three or four songs and see what happens. But yeah. when this pandemic hit and everybody was uh, closing up inside, I, I thought, well, we have this great song. It's pretty much finished. Why don't we just put it out and see what happens? And uh, Chris Collier mixed it, who's got a pretty um, amazing roster as well, or uh, bio, and uh, did a great job. And it just started kind of snowballing and now we have a label putting it out um, through Sony. Yeah. So it's kind of just kind of cool how it all came together. And then uh, rounding off the project is Eric Levy on keyboards from, um, and he's currently in Night Ranger. Awesome. Well, I, I always say you have an uncanny ability to come up with a perfect melody when oh, you're given a track. You. <laughs> and and kind of the way your lyrics wrap around those melodies is it's pretty genius. Um, I well you know I'm a fan so um, thank you. Do you have did you have any influences in mind when when the melody came to you? Well, I mean, uh, Joel did a great job giving me a track that was arranged well and flowed really well, and um, you know. It, it to me it's kind of an obvious 70s brit pop energy to it um yeah. it's been mixed a little more modern but uh you know but it has that that color and flavor to it um i think uh you know queen would be an obvious influence um, mm -hmm. um and and other other acts uh during the 70s and that in that whole brit pop thing a lot of people younger people when you say brit pop they think of the 90s brit pop movement with oasis and blur and all those yes. bands but but that's not what i mean i mean the original brit pop movement with um you know <clears throat> you know uh, i guess t-rex would be in there somewhere but uh but bay city rollers and uh, sweet would be the big one sweet and pilot and uh yes. and of course queen being the big biggest one of all I even hear a little Bowie influence, but that's... That, that could be. And, you know, for me, when I get a track like that, uh, what I try to do when I write, because you, you, since you brought up the, the you know, being, being that I'm a top liner, which is a term they use in 
Nashville a lot for um, the part of the writing team that the guy that will, you know, write melodies and, and hooks and lyrics. Um, I always try to make it sound like the music was written for the melody, which is not that easy to do. A lot okay. of rock singers, when they write over rock music or riffs and so forth, it tends to kind of um, almost just sound like another instrument laying on top of it. Uh, and I always try to somehow find, and it, do, it doesn't happen like all at once, but I'll generally latch, latch on to one aspect of, of the melody and then I just sort of start to craft it almost like a painting um, in my studio. And it's a lot easier to do that kind of writing that way um, and start to find little things that you like. And, and sometimes it's really just one little turn of a melody over a chord change and you, you found that little magic moment um, yes. that might've happened that, you know, might've happened if, if one person wrote the song by themselves, you know, but. True, true. And, yeah. and that, that's is a good segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is, um, you know, in recent years, you've basically recorded all of your projects remotely from your home studio. Yeah. And, yeah. and how, can you tell us a little bit about how that process works for you? Um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's, it's, it's actually something that I really didn't like very much at the beginning because I, I really do like the interaction between um, another musician and, and another writer. Um, but, uh, but I think that it just became an easier thing to do once I had the studio up and running um, gosh, it's been about 10 years now since I put it together originally. Um, it, it actually became a great tool for me to expand a lot of my abilities and um, play with things that I maybe couldn't do before, perfect things. A lot of the time I realized when I was writing with somebody else and other people were involved, maybe I did and maybe I didn't find the best melodies um, or the best lyrics. And what this allowed me to do was, you know, do most of the work one day and then maybe get up, you know, sleep on it and get up the next day and listen to it and say, hey, you know what, that one little thing there could be better or that word could be better or, or the whole thing could be better, you know? Um, yeah. And often when you're working with other people, you have, uh, you know, a timeline, which is also good. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Just for me, I found that to be a way for me to, uh, to, to well and I'm a perfectionist uh, I'm, a, I'm a Virgo mm -hmm. and I I'm, I'm kind of like uh, very very anal about uh, detail and so forth and that allowed me to um, probably uh, you know give give to that more than I probably should sometimes <laughs> what I'm what, what I'm struggling with now is is actually getting back to working uh, with people like a normal writer because um, I kind of got used to that you can, you can, I, you, there's a freedom when you're alone of yes. trying things, trying things that may not work without having anybody there to, you know, jump on it before you have a chance to. And <laughs> often, oftentimes when you're alone, you'll work out through, you know, what you want to do and you know where you want to go and you just need that space to kind of move there yourself so you can land where you want to land. And you, you may or may not land there if you've got somebody there with you so there are pros and cons to doing it both ways but now i'm sort of feeling as though i painted myself into a corner with it a little bit 
<laughs> well, I, I think I think you you took you know you took a situation that you may not have been as comfortable with in the beginning, and you know got really really comfortable with it. So yeah, it'll yeah. you know I think I think you just have to you know get back in the studio with other people and and yeah you know, kind of like it'll it'll come back very quickly. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the video. It is so much fun. The editing is wonderful. So, so tell us how that came together. Well, when I, before I came over here, um, you know, the, the pandemic hit and um, it just sort of became, uh, you know, a weird time. And uh, I had an opportunity to spend time over here. So um, I, we decided to put it out before I left and we worked out all the mixing part parts of it and we got it mixed and then we were going to shoot the video. And when I told everybody I was coming here, they said, Oh my God, that's awesome. Um, if they're allowing you to go outside, try to get something with a phone booth, you know, with the famous British phone booth, red, the red, the red uh, phone yes. booth. And yeah. And, uh, you know, try to go for that kind of seventies vibe. And so, um, I'm over here and uh, with um, the dear sweet Ariel, talented Ariel, who you interviewed last week. And, uh, and, and she happens to be among her many talents, a really great video, uh, re, you know, um, director and editor. And um, she shot, to, you know, on her phone footage of me. And um, the other guys had done more simple stuff, which is fine. And, uh, and, and we sent that out and everybody was like, wow, that's like really good. So um, we were going to have somebody else edit it. And then uh, she ended up, uh, you know, reluctant. She really didn't want to do it because it was, it was really just to shoot my stuff. But, um, but she was the best one, you know, to do it. And yes. oh my God, it's so much fun. She put so much love into it. And um, uh you know, which is why she was reluctant to do it because everything she does is, is she's a perfectionist as well. So Very true. Um, when she takes on something, she's not going to be happy until she's happy with it, you know, and it's amazing and it's really amazing. Um, and so I'm really lucky that, you know, everybody involved in this thing from top to bottom is um, it just, uh, just kind of worked out, which, which is something I'm learning in general these days um when you get an idea in your head and it sort of seems like it's it's you know you're you're just fighting to get something done there's something to looking at that and saying you know maybe that's not the right thing and then you you the other things you do just seem to kind of fall very easily into place and then other people come along and and they contribute to this piece of art or whatever it is you're doing whether it's art or something else and and um i know that's a strange place for me to segue into but no. um that's kind of how this thing came about and it's in the middle of this pandemic it's made me also realize that maybe there's something to this idea of uh not you know uh think when something is resistant maybe that's not the direction you're supposed to go in. And when everything falls into place the right way, maybe, maybe that's, um, you know, whether people want to call it higher power or whatever, maybe that's uh, a sign. <laughs> yeah. The, the universe is speaking to you. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think so much of it is listening to those cues too. 
Like when you get resistance everywhere you turn, you know, maybe it's time to start paying attention to that and and just go in a different direction or, you know, and like you said, this just, this just came together so beautifully and kudos to Ariel. She did an amazing job on the video. Um, Yeah. I love it. I can't wait for people to see it today in air quotes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and, and all right, I have to know Echo Bats. Yeah. Where well, okay. in God's name did that come from? <laughs> so, so over the course of my life, I've been extremely lucky to have met and, and befriended a lot of talented people and amazing people, including yourself. And uh, when I was, um, when I was 18 years old, my stepfather was working for the big advertising agency, J. Walter Thompson in Manhattan. And, uh, and I was staying with them at the time. I was, you know, just got back from my first band um, down in Pennsylvania. Anyway, he introduced me to a, an amazing guy named Derek Mead. And Derek's been just somebody that I've, you know, been developed a fast friendship with he was he's about uh, five maybe seven years older than me and um we've been friends ever since it's a long time i guess 40 years and uh and he's just this you know among his many talents is whenever i need a name for something (laughs) or you know it he's the guy you know that i that i just like think of and he always sends me a ton of stuff and and it was actually for for a different thing that i had reached out to him for names and that was on the list wow and when i when i pitched it to the other guys that's the one that everybody was like oh that's cool you know um i was a little reluctant to use it because the coronavirus apparently came from bats and i thought mm. oh my god are people going to you know going to think that's oh, a really wow. bad thing or yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of sounded cool and everybody liked it and when you get four people to say yes to something uh in a thing like this you just you just go with it <laughs> but yeah. i do think it's cool yeah i think it's really cool i really love it um <laughs> That is awesome. Okay. And I'm going to flip completely over on you and um, just ask you, since this is a plant-based podcast, um, while, while you are in the UK, um, have, are you, are you like fully vegan now? Are you vegan-ish? Are you? (laughs) I'm, I'm 90. I mean, I, it's funny because when I first got here, um, I, you know, basically started, you know, bought, I bought a, a six pack of eggs and it took me a couple of weeks to go through them. Mm-hmm. And it's been getting longer and longer to the point where like the last pack I bought, I had to throw out cause I didn't eat them in time. Um, so I'd say at this point, I think I had some, I think I had eggs like last week, maybe once, but and so that's the only non vegan or animal-based thing I'm eating and otherwise and that's so it's maybe it was maybe once or twice a week and now it's down to like hardly at all um so yeah I'd say I'm pretty much there a lot of people that are really hardcore might say why are you doing well you know I suppose it's just um it's 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 I listen to my body 
you know, yes. I, I'm, I also, I'm, I'm also a certified health coach, as you know, and I just kind of listen to my body. And if I feel like I'm just kind of dragging or, you know, um, of course I could go for the spirulina or I could, you know, do a really protein packed thing. But for me personally, I just find that sometimes if I have some eggs, um, it just kind of sets me back up for, for a length of time. Uh, that's not to say that that's the only way to do it, but that's for right. me seems to help. No. And that's what works for you. And I think that's awesome. Um, do you find, you know, like the vegan products are very different in the UK? Are there, are they better than the selection we have here? Or is it just, just different? It's different. Um, some of the products are the, some of the brands are the same. Um, some, and some stores are better than others, just like the U S. Um, I would say it's pretty good here. Um, I don't know if it's quite as diverse uh, as it is in the U.S., um, even uh, at stores in the States that are not Whole Foods or traditional health food stores. It's pretty good these days, but it's, it's pretty okay here. Um, you know, I was happy that I could find some vegan ice creams too, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. <laughs> Got to have our ice cream. <laughs> yeah, very important. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm finding that um, what I thought, and you know, yeah, I mean, I can still overdo it sometimes on the carbs, you know, but what I thought was the culprit for maybe gaining some extra weight from time to time, I'm finding is not necessarily the case. Huh. Um, of course, sugar, uh, yeah. is always, is always going to be an issue. So if I, you know, uh, if I sit and have a whole pint of, you know, uh, sugary vegan ice cream, I'm, I'm going to, going to feel it. But but generally speaking, it feels like um, I, it feels like the weight is staying relatively even. Um, you know, eating this way, um, I don't know. You know, I I don't know what the correlation there is between. I do know that um, when I got my last um, blood work back, that my cholesterol was way down. So yes, which is great. You know, yeah, you know, mine is as well. So I mean, if if for no other reason than that, um, this has been successful mm -hmm. for me. And I find, yeah. you know, the the getting rid of gluten as well, which I've done now for three weeks, like completely yeah. gluten free, that has made a huge difference as well. So. Yeah, I think that's. I think that is something that is very under underestimated the importance of it um a lot of people just do it because it's kind of trendy to do and then of course um some people legitimately have celiac disease and they have to like avoid it at all costs and can't even risk cross <clears throat> cross contamination but um i have avoided it for a long time and i felt i i kind of felt immediately my digestion got better without it yeah it does, it does. yeah it's, it's wild well it's pretty cool. You well, you've always been the most disciplined person I know with your nutrition anyway. Literally. I mean <laughs> so I mean you make me look like <laughs> I'll just well wild and free out there. But yeah, you well, you, you taught me a lot. Well, you know, I, I one thing, you know, that I that I always tried to do was eat organic as much as possible. That was something that um, I started to get pretty diligent with back as far as um, 
70, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and it started to get more and more from that point forward. And I started experimenting with vegan diet that far back. Um, but I think for whatever reason, um, I probably wasn't doing it right for sure. In fact, not even probably, I for sure wasn't doing it right. And I also was so young and very active. And I think that it, I just got too skinny. And uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily certain that that was because of a vegan diet. Um, it was probably just how I was eating. Um, but my, my interest in, in nutrition goes back that far for sure. And uh, uh, even when I, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So even when I went through the worst part of my alcoholism, I was still, it was kind of very hypocritical, but uh, maybe it <laughs> saved my liver. It could have saved my liver. I don't know. But I, I still made sure that when I woke up in the morning with a bad hangover, I still had my avocado blueberry smoothie uh, with, you know, all organic ingredients and uh, every single day. And yep. so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I have to tell you, adding the avocado, which I was reluctant to do because of the calories for so long, but yeah. it really does. It keeps you full like for yeah. hours. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's been a great addition. So thank you for yeah. that inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was like, but that, 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 thing is I was eating paleo for a while which a lot of people don't realize is actually if it's done correctly is is also a plant-based diet but it obviously has um, animal protein in there sure. as a major part of it but uh, that was what I got from my paleo based doctor was to throw the avocado in there um, and uh, you know with the whole connection there which I know you're you're aware of, which is also I think a keto thing of fats replace carbs yes so yeah mm, it's been good um yeah and and at some point I'll tell you about the the new plan I'm on which is it involves intermittent fasting and carb cycling which is is oh, actually wow. working out pretty well so we can talk awesome. about that offline Yes. But um, I promised you 30 minutes. So I just want to say you're awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait till you're back in the States. <laughs> we can hang out yeah, again. Soon. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be soon. Things are getting crazy right now, but um, I know. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll all hang yeah. out then. It'll be great. Congrats yes. on yeah. the single release. I hope it Thank becomes you. the song of the summer. Um, thank you save me from can, loving and, you and everybody yeah they save me from loving you uh echo bats they can uh they can find uh obviously links to it. it'll be all over my social media and um everybody involved in the project as well wonderful okay thank you i this thank you so lisa fun. <laughs> Definitely. we'll talk soon okay <laughs> Take bye care. bye Well, I really loved that episode, and I hope you did too. And I hope you'll join us next time on the Goofy Blonde Plant-Based Podcast. Thanks for listening.